0: good this morning, amen, (laughs) awesome, hey, so good to have you out today on this beautiful Sunday, August 28th, big week coming up for a lot of people, school starts this week, all the parents gave a big shout, big holler, amen, yeah, awesome, (laughs) are any of the students in the room excited to go back to school, anybody, yeah, a little bit maybe, okay, yeah, some of you in the back, I see you, awesome. Well, just this week, we want to be um, just praying for this week, praying for all our students and praying for our teachers and school staff, and it's a big week as everything just kind of shifts from the the lull of summer into like, you know, I don't feel like it's ever a smooth transition. Like, it's never this slow build up into the fall. It's just like, bam, it hits you, and it's like, what? You reach like the second week of October, and you're going, what in the world just happened? And so... Um, it's crazy. In our home, we actually have two birthdays to add on to all the craziness of September, and so it's, uh, it's a crazy month, but we love it. We like, the, we like the lazy days of summer, but we also like being busy. We like having stuff to do. Um, I like having my kids on the go and not just doing this all day. Not that they're doing that all summer long, but you know what I'm saying. So summer's coming up, or ending actually. Fall's coming up, and it's going to be a good week, good week. So this week, school starts. And then Go Camp is this weekend, so we got a lot of students. We actually have 15 students from our church going to Go Camp this year, and uh, which is super awesome. And uh, I don't know if they ever like max out Go Camp, like they always have a cap on how many people can can go. This year they maxed out like a, year, a week before the deadline, so um, super awesome. Lots of students are going to be at Go Camp this year, so I just would ask that from September th- this Friday night through to the following Monday, if you could just be praying. Praying for students, praying that God moves in a powerful way. Um, pray for Becky. She's going to be chaperoning that week, too. <laughs> yes. But just pray. I mean, pray. I, I really—I'm a, I'm a huge believer in camps, huge believer in the power of camps that just shape students' lives for eternity. And so—but but the crazy thing about God— is that He works and moves alongside of our prayers. And He chooses to partner with us in the work that He's doing in our lives and the lives of of students. And so be one of those people this coming weekend that goes, okay, I'm going to partner with God. Just be keeping your ears open. Maybe He's going to have you pray for a specific student. Maybe He's going to have you pray for a specific activity going on. But be praying that God works and moves and that the Holy Spirit shows up in power this weekend at Go Camp, Amen? That'd be super awesome. Just believe in God for some big things. On this last weekend, so hopefully you didn't show up last Sunday morning and see a sign on the door saying nobody's going to be here. But we had a campout, our first ever church campout this last weekend. And I just got to tell you, if you weren't able to make it, this coming summer, it's going to be, I'm I'm sure we're going to be doing it again because it was just such a great fun time. You'll want to be there. We had, um, you know they always say that if you really want to get to know somebody, go camping with them. We got to know some people in a whole new way this last weekend. Um, I didn't know that we had like a rock star skier. Is Deanna even here this morning? But Deanna Keck just crushing it on the water skis, amazing! And one of the highlights of my my weekend was actually so on uh, Saturday night it would have been we had a big fire and. If you ever need to have a big bonfire, just uh, talk to Kaleo, he'll, he'll, he'll help you out with that. (laughs) He's from Hawaii, and I guess they do bonfires big in Hawaii, but um, we're all gathered around the fire, and uh, it was dark out, fire's roaring, and uh, we just started to sing some songs, and one of my highlights, I'm going to totally embarrass him, but Ja singing around the fire is like, next level, amazing. It's one of the highlights of my weekend It was just so beautiful We had, we just sang all these I mean, we probably sang songs spanning from like the early 1800s All the way up to the modern era It was like, (laughs) it was, it was, it was amazing But just so thankful for um, everybody that was able to make it And thankful for Heather I don't know, is Heather here this morning? Yeah, just so thankful for Heather and all the work that she put into that And uh, just so thankful for it It was just an amazing, amazing time Two nights, okay, done. Last year, that was not enough time. <laughs> yep. Here ya, yeah. done. Done deal. <laughs> yeah. Done. It's it's done. Two nights next year, okay. Awesome. So we've been in a series uh, this summer called Flourish. Subtitle of the series has been Choosing Connection in a Withering World. And really this series, is it's been all about the decision, the choice that God gives all of us to either be somebody in life that is flourishing or withering. It's the same choice that Jesus, you read through John chapter 15, and it's this portion of scripture where it's just, it takes place just before Jesus is crucified, it's, the, it's the, the upper room, and Jesus is having this long talk with his disciples. And a key part of that talk, he he gives them the choice. He says, hey, you can actually be, One of two different people in life. You can be someone that stays connected to me, Jesus says. And as a result, you're going to bear fruit, much fruit, he says. Or you can be someone, he says, that's not connected to him. Who is like a branch that rather than being connected to the the tree or to the vine, you you can be a branch that's disconnected. And if that happens, he says, apart from me, you're not going to bear fruit. He says, you can do nothing apart from me. In fact, he says, you're going to be like a, a branch that's that's thrown away and, and withers. And so we have this choice. Do we want to be people that are flourishing in life? You know, that's, I, I think of flourishing. I think living life to the full in the sense that you've just got lots of love in your life. You've got lots of joy in your life. You've got lots of peace in your life. You've got purpose. You know who you are. You know who God's created you to be. That's flourishing. Withering is the opposite. It's just the, the, the opposite. It's just constant. There, there's no peace. There's just worry and anxiety in the world and, and all the stuff that you're, you're, you're dealing with just crushing you. You have the choice. You can be someone that's flourishing in life or withering, which leads to the question, okay, well, how do I become somebody that's flourishing in life? How do, how do I do that? And, and this summer, the challenge has been to do that by choosing connection to Jesus. It's being connected to Jesus that's how you flourish. Well, how do I stay connected to Jesus? What does that even look like? Where do I begin? Or maybe you're going, what does it even mean to, to have relationship with God? I can't even see Him. How, how in the world do I have relationship with somebody that I can't see? Well, this summer we've been talking about the spiritual practices. Uh, maybe for you, and over the centuries they've been called spiritual disciplines. But it's the idea that we, we, we do these things... These practices, we we have them in our lives, and as we do these things, whether that's prayer or celebration or solitude, silence, as we do these things as a way of connecting to Jesus, we we will we will flourish. Spiritual practices, they they connect us to God. And you you can call them whatever you want, practices, disciplines, but at the end of the day, they're things Christians do to stay connected to God. Things Christians do to, to connect with God. And and Maybe you've heard about these. Maybe the idea of prayer, maybe the idea of silence or solitude for you has just been, you you try to do it and it just feels like a burden, like something like, I just, I have to do that. Everybody's telling me this. Everybody, my parents are telling me that I got to pray every day and I'm hearing this from this person. I've tried it. It just feels like a burden. It's actually not supposed to be a burden. In fact, these spiritual practices are actually supposed to be a joy. And it's the, the idea that they're a burden, that you just, you just there's something you got to cram into your already busy, hectic schedule. You're missing the whole point. The goal of spiritual practices isn't to burden you with more stuff. It's to help you grow in friendship with Jesus. Jesus actually put it like this. He said, no longer do I call you servants. This is the whole John 15 passage. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you, he calls you. You and me, he says, I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus is not, he's not interested in in, in relating to you like a, a, a boss employee kind of relationship. No, he wants to be your friend and he desires deep, deep friendship with you. He wants to be someone that you confide in, that you confess to, that you talk to, that you bring your worries and your burdens and your cares. He wants to be that for you and for me. And so in this series, we've covered a lot of different practices. We've covered covered generosity, celebration, prayer, silence, solitude, rest, Sabbath. And today we're going to be diving into the absolute foundational practice to them all, and that's reading your Bible. And we're going to talk about how reading, how reading can change your life. And over the years, so I've had a lot of conversations with different people about reading their Bibles and Scripture reading, just the importance of diving into God's Word and getting them to know Him through Scripture, all that kind of stuff. And I can't tell you how many times those conversations have ended with three words. I don't read. I don't read. It's just, it's not my thing. I'm not a Bible reader. That's for other people. That's for contemplative people or, or brainiacs, all that kind of stuff. I just don't, I'm not really a reader. Well, it turns out that if you're in that boat, you're actually, there's a lot of people in that boat. In fact, statistically speaking, Pew Research did a a study in 2021, and they found that one in four people in America have not read a book in the last year. One in four people. So one in four of you in this room have not read a book at all in, in the past year. Zero books. And this number is actually growing. But there's some of us who love to read and some of us who don't like to read so much. Are there any, like, r- people in the room who would just be courageous enough to go, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of reading. It's totally fine if you're not. Like, so, some of you, it's like your thing. A lot of you are like, no, I don't want to, I'm not raising my hand. Everybody's going to think that they're going to judge me or something. Like, I'm not a reader. Some of us love to read and others don't. Yet everything that we believe to be true about God in life and humanity actually comes from these pages. And it's all in here. And the point actually is not whether you, you can read it or you can listen to it. The great thing about living in the 21st century is there's a lot of different ways to get this into here. The point is that you're, you're doing something in your life to consume this. Whether you're cracking open your Bible and reading it, or whether you're plugging in your headphones and you're having it, you're having it played back to you, the point is that you're, you're consuming Scripture. The Bible says this about what it's for. It says, all Scripture is God breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And if you want to stay connected to Jesus, if you want to experience the flourishing life, it is absolutely critical that you figure out a way to consume this. And so you're, if you're going, I don't really know how to do that. I've tried in the past. It hasn't worked. You have come to the right place today because we're going to look at how to get this inside inside of, of here. And this isn't always as easy as it sounds. Um, even when you do decide to, to actually pick up the Bible and read it, it can be—it's it, it just not easy. Um, uh, there's a few different reasons for that. Maybe you, you've tried reading it. You just go, okay, this book is so confusing. I mean, after all, it's not just one book; it's 66 books. It's 66 books that were written over the course of thousands of years by all kinds of different authors who were inspired by God as they wrote. But it's got all these different sections. You know, some sections are—you crack it open, it's like you're reading poetry. You crack open another section, and it's like you're reading all these genealogies with all these lists of different people. You crack open another section, and it's—it's like you're reading—you're in the middle of a story. It can be very confusing. On top of that, there's the problem, okay, how do I read it? So when it comes to most books, how do you read it? You, you grab the book and you just flip it open to page number one. Well, page number one in your Bible, you can start there. It's in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you go, okay, that sounds like the, the, a, a good place to start. But then if you've ever tried to read the Bible all the way through, you know that somewhere around Exodus, if you get through Exodus, definitely in Leviticus, all of a sudden the Bible gets really strange. And it's got all these different weird laws And it talks about all this different stuff There's instructions on which animals You can and can't eat There's instructions on how high priests Are supposed to deal with the sores On different people's heads you're going, what in the world? How how do I even read this book? Ultimately though, God, He invites you and me To engage with Scripture Because it contains life-changing truth It's living, the Bible says It's different than any other book That you have on your bookshelf it's different than any other book. It's living, the Bible says. It's active. This is God's word. It's God's voice. It's God speaking to you and to me. And in order to engage the Bible well, if you're taking notes today, here's two things. In order to, to, to engage the Bible well, there's two things that you have to go after. Number one is you have to foster a head for Scripture, and you've got to foster a heart for Scripture. These two things, a head, 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 and heart. And here's, here's what I mean by that. The Bible isn't just a book for you to learn from. Students, this week you're going to go to school, and, and I hate to break it to you, but you're going to have textbooks handed to you uh, that you're supposed to learn from. You're going you're to stuff your head full of a bunch of important knowledge. The Bible is not—it's it, it's partly that, like it's a book that you learn from, but it's it's more than that. It's something that you live out, and it's hopefully a book that you grow to love. You love this book. The Bible commands us in, in Romans 12, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but instead be transformed by the renewing of your what by the renewing of your mind and in the church we talk a lot about transformation right like we're talking about change and transformation all the time but so often we actually misunderstand the kind of transformation that God's after we think transformation, and we think, okay, he wants me to change the way I behave. I was behaving this way, and now he wants me to behave this way. I wasn't being nice to people. Now he wants me to be nice to people. I used to cheat on my tests, and now he wants me to not cheat on my tests. Yeah, he's trying. He wants to transform the way I that I behave. But what God is really after isn't just change in behavior. He's after a change in our hearts. He wants a heart change. That will actually be foundational to all the other change that's going to happen in my life, and the changes that that happen in our in our, our lives aren't instant. You know, some, there there actually are some changes that that are instant when you give your life to Christ. You know, you're instantly set free from your from the weight and the the con the just the the, the penalty of sin. You're made a new creation, but then there's a lot of things that that. Where the change is slow and steady It just the, the, the change that God wants to do in our lives It just isn't instant You know, coming to Christ is not like Transformers Where, where you you've instantly go from being a giant space robot Into being a VW Beetle It's not like that It is a slow, steady change that happens Like Paul says in Romans 12 Through the renewal of our mind Our mind gets changed and this is why we read Scripture. This is why we prioritize Scripture. This is why the Bible needs to be readily accessible for all of us. It, it needs to be somewhere where we can just reach for it. We can grab it. And I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's like just a reach into your back pocket away for almost everybody in the room because you have your Bible probably on your smartphone. If you don't, get it on there. But it needs to be accessible because every day you and me are in a fight for our minds. We're in a battle— for our minds. Um, This last week, um, or a couple weeks ago, I, I guess now, but I heard this YouTuber who was talking about how, just describing how today it's just a battle for people's attention. There's this, everybody, you may not realize it, but there are a lot of people that are battling and trying to get your attention. That social media influencer, trying to get your attention. That YouTuber, trying to get your attention. The media, trying to get your attention podcasters trying to get your attention. Teachers, pastors, parents, friends, whoever, vying for your attention. And strangers on TikTok, they're all trying to get your attention. So when you open up your TikTok students, you're actually, there's a bunch of people on there trying to get your attention. So much so that people will do the stupidest things just to get your attention. This last week, um, Ethan came up to me. and He's like, Dad, you got to check out this, this guy um, uh, I get, apparently this guy is like the, one of the most followed TikTokers in all of Japan, and Ethan just had like disclaimer, Dad, just you know, I don't I don't follow this guy, but you just got to check this out. So, <laughs> so we open up the TikTok, and here's this guy, and all he's doing is it's just one one simple camera looking at this guy, and he's got all these clips, like clips you put on your nacho chip bags kind of clips. He's clipping one to his eyelashes, clipping one to his nose, clipping one to his chin. And, and he's probably got, by the time he's got all the clip, clips on, there's like 10 clips on his face, all connected to a rope. And then he just yanks them all off, does a really stupid expression in the video. That's it. Millions of views. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to watch more after watching this. But there are people vying for your attention. And... And and here's the thing What has your heart And what has your mind Is going to end up Shaping you It's going to end up Shaping you So if in a month from now I'm like up here With clips on my eyebrows With this cool new illustration You know what I've been doing The last 30 days But, But what has your heart And your mind Will shape you We can conform Or we can be transformed Is what the Bible says We can conform To the patterns of this world Or we can be transformed and 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 you have to get this this is like this is the point this morning picking up your bible is not about routine it's about transformation it is about transformation picking up your bible is not about just another routine another thing that you have to do in your day no it is about transformation and, and with all the time that we spend on screens and doing whatever the heck we're doing, it is going to be an uphill battle for all of us to do that. I don't know if there's anybody in the room. Maybe there is, but it's just like super easy for you to grab this and just go in deep. But it's an uphill battle because there's so many things that are vying for our attention. So the question is, where do we start? Where do we start? Well, it actually doesn't start with our minds, because then, then it actually ends up just getting, uh, it's all about trying harder. And I'm not here this morning to try to get you to a place where you're going, okay, I just got to try really hard to do this. I just got to, uh, this week, I got to I gotta set aside 30 minutes in the morning and, and I have to get up like 30 minutes early. And just try really hard to open up my Bible. It's, it's not actually a good place to start. What, what where we need to start is, is not so much in looking at, um, uh, how to get into, into the Bible, we actually need to start at looking at our heart and our motivation. Why is it that we read the Bible? And it starts, um, if it doesn't start with, with what we do or how we read, it starts with who it is that we love. And the Bible makes it very clear that that love and obedience are tied together very closely. You can't separate them in your walk with Jesus. And one of the, the best chapters in the whole Bible where you see this this dance of getting into to God's Word and not being just about your mind, but about a love for Scripture, is Psalm 119. Longest verse in the Bible, or chapter in the Bible. I believe it has 176 verses in it. We're not going to read them all this morning. Um, long, long, long chapter. But if you have trouble knowing what to do with the Bible, take this week and just read Psalm 119 and, and listen to how the writer describes God's Word. You'll find that Psalm 119 uses 10 different names for God's Word. Um, It's God's Word, His law, His sayings, His statutes, His way, His commandments, His path, testimonies, precepts, judgments. And and that alone communicates this high, high value for the Bible. It's just everything that God wants for you and me. This is like His complete will for mankind. And more than that, Psalm 119, it also calls God's Word—listen to some of these words— calls it water a treasure a companion a counselor a song honey a light and a heritage and clearly God's word is not just another book it is a primary way that you and me connect with and interact with God that fills the soul with with delight in psalm 119 we're going to get into it here it's really just this, this giant prayer request that the writer has in regards to God's word. And the writer is actually asking God to help him engage in his word. He's asking God to help. It's a great place to start. Maybe you're here going, okay, I've, I've always had a hard time reading the Bible. Well, why not start by going, God, help me read your word? God, give me a love for your word. God, lead me, guide me as I read your word. But the writer starts by asking God to help him engage in scripture. He knows that God's way is his God's word is the right way, it's the right path. He's pouring out his heart asking God to help him stay on that path. And throughout Psalm 119 there are 137 descriptions of how we interact with God's word. We learn from it, we keep it, we delight in it, we love it. And in Psalm 119 it starts off by saying saying these things. And we're going to spend our whole rest of the morning on these three verses here. It says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his, here's another word, his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in, another word for this, his ways. And this kind of sets the tone for, for the rest of Psalm 119. And there's a few things that that I see in these three verses that we read when it comes to God's word. First thing is this, I see a journey. It's it's a journey. The word of God is something that we we walk in. Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord. And this is not a a marathon, it's not a race. You're not trying to consume as much of this as possible. It's it's this journey that you're on with God when you grab scripture and you, you you crack it open you're you're walking with god day by day week by week year by year it's a journey I also see in these verses verses that the, I see protection God's word it protects us it keeps us it helps us follow Him. It shows us the path that we're to take when we have two different decisions in front of us. It's God's Word helps us. The Holy Spirit speaking through God's Word helps us obey it. You know, the world, if you haven't noticed already, is full of traps. Full of traps. The world is just one big, massive uh, minefield. There traps everywhere. Addiction, idolatry, Sexual sin, complacency, hate, fear, these can be avoided if we walk according to God's word. If you're a parent, you desperately want your children to avoid the traps of this world, right? Especially heading back into school this week. You know, I I have three kids that are in middle school and high school, and as a parent, I want them to avoid all the traps that are lurking out there in the, the halls of their high school. The traps, the trap of believing that, that your worth is determined, de- determined by how many followers you have on Instagram. That is a trap. The trap of believing that sex is just something to do when you're bored. That is a trap. The trap of believing that life is found in the abundance of how many shoes you have or found in the abundance of how many possessions, how many cars, how many toys, how many whatever, that is a trap. And I want my kids, just like the parents in this room, you want your kids to to avoid those traps. And the way to help your kids avoid these traps is right here. Students, students. As you head back into school this year, let me just give you a, a flash warning here. There are a lot of traps waiting for you when you step into the halls of your middle school and high school this, this week. Traps everywhere. And I guarantee you, you will fall into those traps if you don't have this in your life. Do I get at least one amen? Come on. You will fall into traps if you don't have this in your life. You have to have this in your life. Students, maybe you don't know how to read this, but you got to figure it out because this will keep you from falling into the traps that are waiting for you when you walk into your high school and middle school this week. You that just work a, a, a job, go around town, in our counties, whatever it might be, there are traps that are waiting for you there. When you, when you turn on your TV screen, whatever, there are traps things that the enemy wants you to believe that are not true. And how do you avoid traps? How do you stay protected from those traps? By getting this inside of here. It's a protection. Your Father in heaven, He wants you to be protected. He's not indifferent towards you. He desperately wants you to flourish in life. He wants you to know love and joy and peace and purpose, all these things. And so what does He do? He gives us this. He gives us this. It's a protection. It's a protection it's a protection. So in Psalm 19 we see there's a journey, there's protection. We also see that there's joy. So that word blessed is the, is the the a, a word that actually in the original language that the Bible was written in means happiness. It means ha- to be joyful. And that That uh, passage of Scripture starts off by saying, blessed are those whose way is blameless who walk in the law of the Lord. Or you could say, happy are those whose way is blameless who walk in the law of the Lord. Happiness, joy, is a biblical thing. It's something that God wants for all of us. He wants for all of us. And and that, that happens as we engage with God's Word. Without God we're just left to kind of squeeze happiness out of everything that we can in life. We're going to try to squeeze it out of this new car that we got. We're going to try to squeeze it out of our kids. We're going to try to squeeze it out of our work. Squeeze it out of Starbucks. I don't know what it might be. Different for all of us. Video games, hiking, who knows. Without God, we're just going to try to scrounge around for happiness wherever we can find it. But it's very fleeting. It's very fleeting. It's like Doritos. The MSG never leaves you satisfied. You just want to eat more and more and more. Put the Doritos down and feast on God's word, hallelujah. No. <laughs> 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 but God invites us, he invites us to s- squeeze the happiness out of him, so to speak, out of living life according to his way, his word, because, because his way, his word won't fail us. It won't fail us it won't fail us he won't let us down it will always produce the right fruit it may produce some questions as you walk along you follow him yeah it will certainly do that but as you work through those questions work through those doubts and you work through all that stuff with god you'll find that there's fruit on the other side so in our last uh little bit of time here what i want to do is look at just some practical ways that that we can dive into god's word and before we do that, the one last thing in Psalm 119 is uh, is the, the words that you see here. It talks about um, all throughout Psalm 119. If you were to read it, you'd see two words over and over again. That's whole heart, whole heart, where God is not just your your hobby. He's not just something that you do when life's tough. You know, God's not. He, he does. He's not interested in being roadside assistance for you. He's he wants to be at your everything. What's the greatest command in this book? A lot of pages here. My particular Bible has how many pages? I don't know, a couple thousand probably, 1,500 something. Lots of words in here. All comes down to one command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And God wants, He, He wants all of our distracted, worried, tired, anxious minds He wants all of that. Why? Because He wants to enslave us? He wants us to be as robots? No, because He wants us to know joy. He wants us to know life. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to flourish. So as we close, I want to turn towards some really practical ways um, that you can dive into God's Word. And I just encourage you, uh, as we go through these, just take some notes. Um, If you're here this morning and the Bible has been very hard for you to read, this is key. Some, some great ways to dive into God's Word and make it come alive. Um, first thing is this, slow down. Slow down. Some of you even had a hard time hearing those words because your mind's just like going a thousand miles an hour. You have to slow down. And there's no question that the digital revolution, the internet, all that kind of stuff, it has just changed us. It's changed us. We, it's changed the way we read. You know, I don't want to read a whole textbook. Just give me the Cliff Notes version. Give me, give me uh, what's that app called? Blink list. Give me like the short, just the short version of the book. And we just want to get through as, as fast as we can because we got so much to do, so much going on. You have to slow down. You have to slow down. The goal of scripture is not to speed read through a bunch of bunch of verses. No, the goal of scripture is is actually to connect with God. It's to take our time and just commune with Him, hear Him, get to know Him, and to do that, you have to slow down. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of the most respected theologians of the 20th century, um, he would actually he ha- he ha- had this um, like a school for pastors, and one of the things that he would inc- he would encourage these uh, these young guys to do it was all like 19, 20 year old young guys and one of the things that he would encourage them to do is to grab one verse out of the psalms and just chew on that all day long one verse next day a different verse just chew on that all day long so not, it's not about reading through a bunch of scripture and yeah there is a time and a season for that but it's just this habit of slowing down it's slowing down so you can you can dive in and soak up God's word. Um, we talked a few weeks back about on um, the just the uh, the the star exercise, where every letter of star is a uh, it's it's a word to help you be able to just slow down in life. Does anybody remember what the S is? <laughs> like nope. The S is is stop. Just stop. You got all kinds of stuff flying through your mind. You got this. This, this week, you're just like, even now, some of you in the room are just thinking about everything that you have to do. I still gotta get textbooks, I gotta get pencils, I gotta get pens, I gotta sign up for this, sign up for that, cancel this class, whatever. You got all this stuff. As is for stop. Don't try to fix all your stuff. Just stop and go, okay, God, I'm gonna just take some time. I'm gonna put all that stuff, all my worries, all my problems, all my issues, God, I'm gonna put that to the side for now. I'm gonna stop. I'm not going to try to fix that. Now is not about fixing that. It's about stopping. And and T was what? Take a breather and calm down. Like literally. (sighs) Take a breather and just calm down. A was appreciate and connect with Jesus. Take a couple moments before you even dive in to go, Jesus, just, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Lord, thank you for the people, the men and the women, and the students that make up this church. God, thank you that I have a house. Thank you that I have food on the table. God, thank you for whatever it might be. Just take a moment to appreciate and connect and worship Jesus. And then our is to respond in faith and love and obedience. But you've got to slow down. It starts with slowing down. And then number two is this. Have a plan. Have a plan. Have a plan. Nothing will kill your desire to get into the Bible and make a habit of reading the Bible. Nothing will kill that faster than not having a plan. Where you go to read the Bible and you're like, where do I even start? You, you have to have a plan. And there are literally hundreds of plans that are accessible for you just at like the click of your finger on your phone. Maybe some of you are going that's the worst thing for me because if I have my phone out, I'm checking social media. I'm not reading my Bible. If that's the case, find find a different plan. Go on Amazon. Just click in devotionals and you'll have all kinds of plans pop in front of you. There's all kinds of plans that you can do that don't, that don't require you having to download an app or even a book. Um, a lot of people do the Psalms and Proverbs plan where, so cool thing, Psalms, there's 150... Chapters in Psalms, 150 divided by 5 equals what? 30. So 30 days a month, you just go, okay, day 1 is going to be Psalm 1 to 5. Day 2 is going to be Psalm 6 to 10. So, and then you, oh, forgot to read for a few days. It's now, it's now the 7th of the month, and you just go 7 times times 5 is 35. So I'm going to pick it up at verse, or chapter 36. You understand what I'm saying? It's just right there. Other people will take a season where they'll go through the book of Proverbs. Proverbs has how many chapters? 31. Well, that's handy. 31 for all the days of the, or the, yeah, the days of the, the month. is what I'm trying to say. But it's a plan. It's a plan. And you, you have to have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you will have a very hard time reading scripture. Um, there's different plans for different stages of life. Some of you students in the room, maybe you've tried reading the Bible with some plan and just like went right over the top of your head. Find a plan that's designed for, for teenagers. That's, that's speaking to the issues that you're facing in life. But have a plan. You have to have a plan. And the third thing is this. So first of all is what? First of all is s- slow down. Number two, have a plan. Number three, read and listen for God's voice. So many people skip this step. They just read it like you would a textbook. But when you pick this up, you're actually having a conversation with God. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. And and we don't have time to get deep into the theology behind this, but let me just explain quickly how it works. So, So God speaks in two different ways through this book. He speaks universally, so everything in this book is for everybody. It doesn't matter where you live, what part of the planet you're on, what, what age you, you live in, whether it's 1,000 years ago or 1,000 years from now. It speaks to everybody, everywhere, every time. But God also speaks personally through this book. So it speaks, He speaks to individual people with specific messages and specific things that He wants you to know at specific seasons of your life. And so the entire Bible is God's word to everybody everywhere, but then there's ways in which God will speak to me personally with a specific message. And you've all had this happen before, most likely, when you've been reading the Bible, and maybe it's a verse that you read a thousand times, but on that one thousand and first time you read it, and boom, it just pops out of you. Something happens in here. That is God taking His word that speaks universally, and He's speaking to you personally in a specific way. The Bible has two words to describe this Logos is the It speaks to everybody and, and rhema is the Greek word That describes how he speaks to us Personally in, in, in an individual way And so when you read When you go to God's word It's it's a conversation You have to go to it listening So this morning I went Cracked open my Bible app I actually have um Back in January I think I do this every year And I fail every year But But I always have this ambition in January. Like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible through in a whole year. And it it never happens. And part of the reason it doesn't happen is because pretty soon after week two or three, I feel this, like, pressure. Like, now it's no longer about me having communion and connection with God. Now it's back to—we're not slowing down. It's a race. I got five minutes. I got to read all this this passage of Scripture. So my idea was this year, I'm not going to, like, close down the Bible reading plan. I'm just going to keep it open. And so— uh, so when I want to go back to that plan, it's, it's right there, and I can start off. So right now, I, today was, I think, January 24th reading. So <laughs> I'm a little behind. A little behind. <laughs> but I cracked it open, and this particular plan that I'm reading, it's very good. It's in the Bible app. It's uh, done by this guy named uh, the Alpha guy, Nikki Gumbel. And it's done, it's put together really well. Well, in this plan, it's got this devotional, and the devotional section is like a 10-minute read in itself. But you read through the devotional, and then there's probably about five or six different sections of Scripture. So I got through the first section, and it was, it was Psalm 13, which there's like six verses, and uh, very powerful. It's that, that chapter that over and over again, it's, it's, I think it's David who wrote it. He's, he constantly is saying, how long, God? How long this? How long that? He's in this place of just waiting and waiting. He's, he's waiting for God to come through. How long? How long? How long? And then the very last verse, I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically—actually, let's just read it. Why paraphrase the Bible when it's right in front of me? <laughs> but he says this, and it's, it's so good. Here, just hold tight, hold tight, hold tight. Awkward silence. Verse five. But I trust in your unfailing love, my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So I read that this morning, and I clicked the little if you're familiar with the Bible app, you read the verse and you click on the right hand side, and it's like the little dot thing, and it moves you to the next, the next section. So I did that, click, went to the next section. I think it was in Matthew somewhere. And right away, just felt this, this thing in my, my spirit. Don't rush on from that, Rich. Go back to that. that is, that's the Holy Spirit showing up and saying, there's a part of that that I want you to hang out on, Rich, because you need to hear that. You need to hear that. Rich, you've been asking how long, how long for this, how long for that, and you've been restless and you, this and that. Rich, here's what I want you to do. I I want you to confess that. And then, Rich, I want you to to keep praying. I want you to keep trusting. I want you to keep rejoicing. I want you to keep worshiping in the middle of your how long. It's like God said, scratch the rest of the plan. Just hang out on that right there. And who knows, maybe in two years, I'll be on January 26th. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But the point is, the point is it's it's this communion, it's this you you crack it open and God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. I think if there's anything as a pastor that I if, if I if God said if God came along like a genie and said, Rich, whatever you want for your church, you got it. I think the one thing I'd say is that everybody would hear God's voice, would learn how to hear God's voice. Because when we when we when we follow and we hear and we listen. That's when we're really getting down to what it means to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. You know him. You listen. So, so number three is you read and you listen. You, you listen for God's voice. You go into it with the heart that says, God, I'm, I'm having a conversation with you. And by the way, it's, it's really hard to do that when there's a lot of stuff going on. It's really hard. It's, in fact, maybe even impossible. You got to get in a quiet place where you can just slow down, read, and listen for God's voice. And then number four, the last thing is this. Share with others. Share. Share what God's teaching you. You know, maybe you you have a, a small group that you're a part of, maybe a discipleship group. Maybe it's you get you leave this morning and you're driving home with your spouse and your family. You share. Hey, what's what's what did God speak to you about this morning in church? Maybe you just ask the question in the middle of the week, hey, how's your how's your scripture reading? Has God been speaking to you anything in any specific ways? But share share, even with people that don't know Christ yet. Who knows if that might be a way that, that, that God speaks to them. I think people in the world want to know, okay, is this Christianity thing, is it real? Is it actually, like you, you say a lot about this guy, Jesus, being alive. Is he really alive? Does he really speak? Is, and, and if you share that, not in a weird way, not in a preachy way, Maybe something comes up Or you're having a conversation Someone's going through something And that could be an opportunity For you in that moment To, to share Okay Hey Is it okay if I share something That I've been reading In, in my Bible And it might be good for you It might uh, but Take it or leave it Kind of thing But share Share what, what God Is speaking to you about So slow down Have a plan Read and listen For God's voice And then share What you've been Reading with others And just as we wrap up What, what will you do So let's just take a moment this morning to ask the question, what will you do to begin having a consistent plan of cracking open God's Word? What will you do? And I encourage encourage you to take that question to your—take that question to Jesus. See what He has to say. Maybe you're here and you've never done that before. Ask somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm around. Ask me. I'd be more than happy to help you figure out how to get into God's Word. If you're here and you are a student living with your, your parents, ask them. Hey, dad and mom, how, what, how would you recommend that I read my Bible? Man, you will like make their year with that question. They'll like, they'll, they'll be like, it's, like, like the, it's just like the glory coming down from heaven in that moment. Ask them, how do I, how, how can I get in the habit of reading my Bible? Is there, is there a plan that you recommend? Is there something that I could do that would help me? But ask Ask, ask, ask. If you can't do it on your own, have the humility to go, hey, can you help me? Ask somebody if they can help you. But let's, let's be people that go, okay, this is critical. How we get this into us is absolutely critical. God wants to shape us. He wants you to know a life that is flourishing with love and joy and all those fruit. And a key for all of us is diving into God's word and consuming it as we do that, He'll shape our mind and He'll shape our heart and make us more like Him. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for Your Word. Thank You for Your Word. God, I think if we could go back about 700 years, we would today have a, just a whole new appreciation for the fact that Your Word is so accessible to all of us. In fact, likely... God, most of us probably have Bibles scattered around our houses, and we have it in our phone, maybe in our glove compartment. God, it's so accessible, and I thank you for that. God, I thank you for the men and the women over the years, God, that have taken uh, your, your word, have translated it into different languages, translated it into English so that we could read it. God, thank you for, for that. And God, I thank you, Jesus, that you... You want to speak to us. You want us to know you. God, you want to transform us, God, heart and mind, through the power of your word. And God, I would ask this morning that Jesus, for all of us in this room, God, whether our desire for scripture is at like a 10 out of 10 or a 1 out of 10, God, I pray for all of us that your Holy Spirit would just begin to fan into flame inside of our hearts a a longing and a hunger and, and a desire to get into scripture. Fan that into flame. Father, I pray that even this week that, that, that Jesus, that, that urge would be there to get to know you and to meet with you, God, through cracking open scripture. God, for, for all of us, God, as we do that, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, your word would come alive. God, teach us to hear your voice. God, teach us to be sensitive in our heart to what is you. God, even as we read, God, I, I know that, God, you're, you're speaking. God, help us to discern, God, what is you, and to, and to know what it is, how, how you want us to respond. Help us with that, I pray. And, Lord, as we do that, I pray, God, that you would shape us. God, may we be people. God, may we be men, women that are flourishing in you as we do that. And, God, then lastly, Lord, I just want a separate note, God, I want to pray, Jesus, for this week, God, and everything that it represents as as school kicks back in the gear. God, I pray, Jesus, first of all, God, for, for all the teachers. God, I thank you for the teachers, God, that are in this room. God, we got a lot of them in this room right now. Um, God, I pray, Lord, that Jesus, as they head into their classrooms and, God, as they interact with their students, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord,